Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. And then the last part, you know, as far as people breaking up and leaving. If you're married, it, you, you just, you need to have this heart within your marriage that it's, it's, I'm not open to breaking up the marriage. I'm not looking for an out in the marriage. Divorce, I, I personally believe that couples shouldn't even, that shouldn't even be a conversation in the marriage. We shouldn't be looking for how to get out, how to be happier. We need to figure out, God, how do you want to use me within the marriage that I'm in right now? A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Today, you learn from Pastor Bill's message that when you have God in the center of your marriage, it's not easily disrupted. Sure, you might have valleys you go through, but you and your spouse will be able to weather the storms. Pastor Bill encourages you to not look for a way out within your marriage. He challenges you to not let divorce be even a topic of conversation. If you're going through a difficult time, seek the Lord and ask for His help to stay committed. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So it's not even that when someone has been unfaithful, God wants you to get a divorce. If you could forgive, uh, that would glorify God if you would forgive and work it out. But if you can't, he said, God permits it because some of y'all hearts are so hard that you'll never let that go. You'll never forgive. Y'all will live in war. You beat them, put a knife through them. So then in that case, you know, we'll permit a divorce, but it's not the will of God. Matthew, I mean, Malachi, God said he hates divorce. And you got to consider that every married person that talks divorce or considers divorce, consider that God says explicitly in Malachi, I hate it. Why am I considering, why would I ever consider something that God says I hate? I hate that. I hate when people, it, why? Because it breaks up the picture of Christ in the church. In Ephesians 5, it says the, the bride represents the church and the husband represents Christ. When does Christ ever leave the church? When does the church and Christ ever break up? They don't. So when marriages break up, it jacks up the picture, right? Messes up the picture. When a, so when we go into that. So, so a wife is not to leave her husband. Um, for all the wives here, write down 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. He gives very specific commands in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6 for a wife, a particular wife, a wife who has a husband that is not obeying the word. If you're a wife and you got a husband that's not doing right by God, he's not obeying the word, either because he's not a believer or he's a believer that's, that's not doing right. What's a wife to do in that case? Most people, most the knee-jerk response for most women, women are more vocal than men usually. And with most women, if your man is not doing right, the knee-jerk is going to be to tell him about it. He need to hear it from you every day till he get it. But all you got to do is do that for a while to realize that your words are not as powerful as you thought. God gives a very different instruction to the wife. First Peter chapter three, verses one through six. Put y'all stones down. I love you women. Listen, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. And it says that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one. And you want to get this next phrase. They may be one without a word, without a word, nothing you have to say without a word from um, from. I'm sorry. They may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. And so the wife in that case is let her conduct speak. Let her light shine. Just live it out in front of him. It goes on to say when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, not when they observe you yelling, screaming and fussing and cussing and throwing things and hitting them. It says when they observe your chase, your under control conduct accompanied by the fear of God, that's going, God, I'm going to work 
in that. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, um, arranging of the hair, wearing of gold, putting on a fine apparel. Right. God telling women, women are beautiful. And so because they're beautiful, they take great preparations in their beauty and women do their hair and paint their face and put on their jewels and get their outfits together. He says, don't let your adornment be merely outward. He isn't saying be ugly and, you know, just take care of the inside. He's saying just some women are only pretty on the outside and they put all the attention into the outward beauty. And so outwardly, they're very attractive, pretty. But just let them talk for a little while. And I've known over my life also women that they were beautiful to behold, but disgusting to endure. They weren't beautiful on the inside and just talk long enough. And it's like, man, you were great until you started talking, you know, and to your true heart was revealed. So, so Christian women shouldn't be that way. God's telling the Christian wife, don't let your adornment be just outward. Right. He's not saying you can't take care of yourself, make yourself beautiful. That's OK. But don't let it be just that. That's shallow. Right. That's fading anyway at best. And so he says, but rather let it be verse four, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which are precious in the sight of God. He says there's an incorruptible beauty. There's a beauty that's fading. You take the most beautiful woman in the world and let the years go by. It's fading. It can't stay the same. You can't be as beautiful at 70 as you were at 30 outwardly. But there's a there's a beauty that does not fade. Uh, there's a beauty that can grow over time. And it's the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which God said, that's very precious in my sight. And there are women that you'll meet and they're just a beautiful person. It's just who they are. Never mind whatever their outward features are. They're just a beautiful person. And, you know, for the wives, you should know as as you know, the longer you're married, you know, the someone you're married over time. Hopefully we love the person. We don't just love the features or the outward things, but we love the person. And God says for a woman that you want to work on this sort of beauty. You don't want to just spend all your time figuring out the way to get your hair right and, and what's the best shade of paint for your face. And he said, but take care of that inner beauty because that matters to God. Yeah. It's the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which are very precious in the sight of God. He gives an example for in this manner. The form in former times, holy women who trusted God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their husbands. Sarah's the example. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. And and I'll come to the husbands in a minute. So he stopped here for the wife. So to the wives, God says, Hey, you want to work on the inner beauty? If your husband's not doing right, don't get him like this. Right? Give him to the Lord. If I could testify my wife isn't here, so I'm going to use her, I would say, I can say about my wife that my wife is a submissive woman in the sense of she submits to me as a husband. And submission is, is important about submission. Submission only really matters when someone wants you to do something you don't want to do. When someone is suggesting a direction that you disagree with. That's when it's not submitting. If I say if my wife wants to do something, I say, hey, we should do that. OK, I submit to you. <laughs> you my man. You know, that's not really submission. That's it. We just walk in an agreement. Submission only comes into play when someone is requiring, asking, giving a, something that you don't really want to do. But you submit. I acquiesce. Come under. And there have been times in my marriage where because of her willingness to submit, the sense of pressure on me. To be sure that I'm hearing from God is greater. 
If she would fight me, rather than spend my energy seeking God for clarity, I'd be fighting with her because you're challenging my authority. That's what would end up happening. So now we're at war instead of, but because she's just like, babe, whatever you end up saying, I'm going to just do it. And it's like, well then, shoot, that better be right. And I'll take extra weeks. If it takes weeks, I'm like, we're not going, I'm going to give a word until I get a word. And I'm gonna, I'll go seek God. I'll pray. I'll fast. I'll do whatever. Because she's saying, whatever you say, whatever you say. That made, that's made me over the years. It's helped me. It's made me a better man, a better Christian, a better leader to have a wife that will submit. Some women have actually cut their husband's feet off because you won't let them leave and you won't let them make a mistake because you jump in every time. I don't think I don't think that's right. So we're going to do it like this. So what you end up with is a very passive, weak man. And then you complain. I wish my husband was a stronger leader. Well, if you would get off the throne, he could grow into one. So also this, but, but he doesn't make good decisions and he doesn't seek the Lord. Let him make some mistakes and let him feel the burn of having led the wrong way. That's a teaching. God will use that too. Let a man give an authority and get out there and lead the wrong way and it crash and burn. And he'll be sitting in there all in his man pride, be all hurt and crushed. He'll pray better next time. But wives got to give that space. You got to give them space to grow. So a wife can, as she submits to God, you know, as she submits, she can help her husband grow into the man that God wants him to be. Or you guys can both stumble each other into being much less than what God intended. So it is a weak and a wrong thing for a man to be passive and submissive and won't take a stand and won't leave. That's, that's bad. That's not what God intends. And it's a bad thing for a wife who won't submit and takes the throne and runs it. You know, guys, I want you guys to work together. I got, I got a plan that works if you do it my way. But everybody's got to do it God's way. So I'll say this within the marriage. When I'm speaking to the wife, I'm speaking to you apart from your husband. It doesn't matter. When God gives a command to a wife, it is irrelevant what kind of husband you have. As a Christian wife, this is God's call for you. In the same way, when God gives a command to the husband, it's irrelevant what kind of wife he has. As a Christian man, this is God's call for you. When God tells a husband, love her like Christ loved the church and gave himself. He doesn't say if she's lovely, if she's giving you what you want, if she's submissive and passive and everything else. God said, no, no, no. Are you a husband? You have a wife? Then love her like this. Love her like I love the church, period. And there are husbands that need to understand that. Like your, your job, your objective as a husband, that woman should be loved. If there's one job for every Christian man, you need to know this. If your wife ever has to come to you and say, do you love me? You're failing at your primary. You're failing on the front end. My wife should never have to come and be like, do you love me still? You still love me? That would that would be a clear indication that I was failing miserably. She ought to be stupefied with the fact that I know he loved me. He loved me with just stupid love. He loved me on the worst day when I'm chemically imbalanced, when I'm all tripped out. That's he loves me. You know, it's just it should be just over the top evident. And I will say this to the husbands. Sometimes the best way or the best time to demonstrate God's kind of love to your wife is when she's not being her best. That's when it matters. In the same way that submission happens when someone's told what they don't want to do. Well, the, some of the best time to show love is when someone is being unlovely. and You love them anyway. Because uh, when they come to, when they get together, they're going to look back and say, you love me. I'm sorry. You know, but they'll know that in difficulty, you love them, right? Your love wasn't contingent upon them doing well. You loved them in the, even when they weren't doing well. And that'll have a wife in a place where she's secure in her husband's love. I know he just loved me because I know I acted real bad over there. He loved me through it. So I know he loves me. So husbands, 
We want to love them like that. So back to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 10, a wife is not to depart from her husband, verse 11. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And it says a husband is not to divorce his wife. So two things here. It's a little different, the verbiage. A wife is not to depart from her husband. She's not to leave him. If she does, it says let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to him. So in some cases, you guys, there are instances where we would encourage a woman to to leave the home. Maybe there haven't been, you know, no one's been sexually unfaithful or whatever, but there are instances where men are abusing a woman. We wouldn't tell a wife, we just stay there and tough it out. No, get, get safe. Get somewhere safe with the kids, you know. There's a time and a place for biblical separation. What happens in a lot of times in the church is people abuse those things. Well, I just, I'm, he's abusing me. And you get down to the bottom of it and they, they're having verbal arguments. And it's like, that's not, that's no. You know, people try to extend it way out. I just feel abused. You, y- y'all both abusing each other with y'all. You need to both be quiet. Um, but that's not, he, not, he never touched you. But I just feel afraid. Afraid. Did he ever hit you? Did he threaten to hit you? Did he, did he ever, you know, but, no, but, but he talks so loud and just, I, mean, I feel abused. I, I've had women come in and say, my husband's abusing me. And, you know, you just right, ready to tell them it's time to, you know, maybe you need to step out. And you say, well, can you explain the abuse? Like he hit you in the mouth. He slapped you in the face. He choked you in the neck. Did he throw you on the floor. What did he do? And you get down to the bottom of it. And it's like, well, he, he spoke loud. He walked out the office. <laughs> you know, you go home and be quiet. You know, first Peter three out of here, you know. But there's a place where, you know, we live in a culture where people are looking for any loophole to depart from the marriage. There is a place and a time. If someone is being abused, again, a woman is being hit, there are men that are doing that kind of stuff. And it shouldn't be condoned. It shouldn't be, you know, that's, that's bad. And if a woman is living in fear and she's being hit or beat or abused in any kind of way, there's a place to set up, to separate. Now, that doesn't mean now I'm free to go off. Because some people separate and it's like, well, now I'm going to start dating. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you, no you're going to pray for your husband and Pray that God intervene and do something and, and be open to come back together with your husband. Sometimes what happens in separation is people start living separate lives and they, they, they're trying to Christians play games and they're trying to push the other one. How long can I hold out till they cheat? So then I can be like, I got biblical ground. <laughs> That's that happens. And it's sad, but it happens. And I, I'm it, we're laughing, but it, it's really not a funny thing. But people do that very thing. Well, I'm leaving because of this reason right here. And I'm going to refrain. I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to be open. I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to do everything I can do to push them away. And then once they finally go away and be with somebody else, he cheated on me or she cheated on me. Now I have biblical grounds to get a divorce. And that's wrong, wrong, wrong. Do we understand that? That's not God's heart. So, you know, it says a, husband, so a wife is not to depart from her husband. Um, but if she does depart, it says in verse 11, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. But notice that there's no, uh, with the husband, it's a little different. He just says a husband is not to divorce his wife. Done. He doesn't, he didn't get the extra little piece. Husbands, don't you know, husband's not to divorce his wife, not to walk away, not to divorce her. Goes on in verse 12. It says, but to the rest, now to a new group. Now, what he's going to deal with here is we just finished dealing with two Christians married. Now we're going to deal with a scenario where we have a believer married to an unbeliever. In that case, and now, obviously when people get married, you're supposed to have two Christians get married, but sometimes what happens is two unbelievers get married, and then while they're married, one of them gets saved. So now you have a believer and an unbeliever married. Now what? You know, now we're unequally yoked. With some people, this is what happens in that case sometimes. 
When you have two people married and one of them saved and the other one isn't, it's very easy for the person saved to begin to feel like, you know, I just want to be, they're looking at Christian marriages at church and everybody else worshiping together and their husband serving, or they wives or they want that. And so they begin to desire what they don't have instead of realizing you need to work on what you do have. And so Paul addresses that now in verse 12. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if a brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. So if you're a Christian man and you end up with a wife that's not saved, but she's willing to stay with you, he said, then don't leave her, don't divorce her. Now, some people stumble over this opening. Paul says now, but to the rest, he says, I, not the Lord. Does that mean that you don't really have to listen to this? Paul's opinion. This is what that's saying. If you look at the things that Paul spoke earlier, these are things that Jesus had already spoke on. So he was, you know, he was teaching these things like this is what Jesus already said. So he's giving them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating doctrine that's already gone forth in the gospel. But here he's saying this hasn't really been spoken on yet. Jesus never directly spoke on two people unmarried. So when he says, I, not the Lord, this isn't something you can kind of while pick and choose if I take it or not. Paul's still speaking under the inspiration of Scripture. So this isn't something you don't this doesn't become less authoritative or, you know, something you can take or leave. He's given this is still something for us to heed and to follow. So he says, you know, if you're married, if a husband has a wife and she doesn't believe, uh, but but she's willing to stay with him, then you're to hang in there with your wife. And I would say also to the husband not to drive her away. I've, I've known situations like this where people will behave so mean and so rude, almost like I want to behave so yucky that you finally go ahead and go so I can start over. Instead of realizing that now in your marriage, God wants you to God wants to use you to maybe see them saved. And that's what Paul's going to get to. So if you happen to be married in an unequally yoked situation, God will call upon the believer, right? There's a, there, there's a ministry that you have in your marriage with an unbeliever. And rather than trying to get away from it, God says, I want to use you there, right? There's, there's a difference that you make. Them being married to you should, should bring them into a place where they're better off than a non-believer. They're better off than someone that's just lost in the world because they're married to someone that knows God. So um, he says, if she's willing to, to, to live with him, let him not divorce her. Verse 13, and if a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. Same thing. Um, so if you're married to an unbeliever, a husband or a wife, and they're willing to stay, God said, don't leave. Don't divorce him. Stay. And he says in verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Now, that's kind of important. So when he says that the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse, it means that they're not saved, but they're covered. There's, there, that doesn't mean they're saved because they're married to a believer. When it says they're sanctified, they're set apart. God said, I'm, they're, they're set apart because I'm, I'm going to do a work in them through you. They're one with the believer. Now, their kids are covered rather than just being out there. Their kids are at least covered by a believer. And so God says even the kids are, so the kids are holy. Otherwise, they would be unclean. Holy in the sense of the same idea of being set apart. Doesn't mean that those kids are saved. Doesn't mean the unbelieving spouse is saved, but they're sanctified. They're set apart because of this. So God says if you leave, I mean, you just depart. It's, it's like saying now the, the covering that I provide as a believer in the marriage, uh, what I bring to the table leaves with me. Um, so he said, now stay there. I'm, I'm working through you in the marriage. Once again, if you're married to a non-believer, 
They're, I mean, they're so close to someone that has the spirit of God living in them. Your kids are under the roof of somebody, at least one parent with the spirit of God living in them. Their chances should be far greater if you're living right in the situation. If you're in the situation thinking about yourself only and so discouraged and so disappointed at what you don't have and you're acting ugly and being a bad example and a bad witness. God, that's, that's not that's not what I want. I want you to be a witness in this. I want God wants to save people. And God will save people through us, through our witness. And he says that very thing. Look at the next, the last verse, 15. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, rather you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, rather you will save your wife? And that's what he leaves with. How do you know that maybe through you, you won't see your spouse saved? And, you know, in selfishness and disappointment, you might want to go. But God, how do you know? Maybe through you. And I know of cases they're in this room right now. People that are saved because their spouse was saved first and their spouse endured years waiting and time waiting and praying. And then eventually, boom, they got saved for real. And God's doing the work. So we want to hang in there. So if, if I could summarize everything that we've looked at, I believe that we need to enter into marriage more seriously than we do. Anybody that's going to consider marriage should definitely set aside time for biblical premarital counseling to be prepared so you can know what you're committing to beforehand. For all of us that are already within a marriage, um, as we looked at in the beginning, we don't want to defraud each other. We want to um, want to meet each other's physical needs, uh, affectionate needs, sexual needs. God has called us to do so uh, within the confines of marriage. We don't want to defraud or you know, keep that from one another because it leaves us open to the temptation of the enemy. Then as we look at the those, the unmarried, and we'll talk much more about that next week. Um, you know, it's better that they not touch someone and leave that alone for now. And then the last part, you know, as far as people breaking up and leaving, if you're married, it you, you just, you need to have this heart within your marriage that it's it's I'm not open to breaking up the marriage. I'm not looking for an out in the marriage. Divorce, I I personally believe that couples shouldn't even that shouldn't even be a conversation in the marriage. We shouldn't be looking for how to get out, how to be happier. We need to figure out, God, how do you want to use me within the marriage that I'm in right now? So if you're in a marriage and it's not a good marriage, um, I would even encourage the couples that are in a struggling marriage. Seek out biblical marriage counseling then that you might come on one accord. At the end of the day, everybody has a role. And counseling is only as good as the people that are hearing it are obedient. So if you're in a marriage, you want to walk in obedience to your role. We're going to be taking some time with the men's study, um, specifically to look at the man's role. We start that tomorrow night, looking at the man's role within the marriage. It is my heart for our fellowship that, because we have so many marriages and families with kids, that we get it right. I'd be really grieved and bummed out to see any marriage here fail and not make it. Uh, we want the marriages to make it. We don't just want to make it, though. Uh, we don't want to just like, well, I stayed married. You know, we fought two for nail, but we stayed together. You know, um, God did create marriage to be a blessing. And so that's what we're aiming for. God, I'm aiming for that marriage that the word talks about. The one that glorifies you. That's a blessing to both of us. Um, that's a witness to my kids. That's the aim. That's the goal. That's what we're going after. So, again, if wherever you are with your marriage today, I pray you be encouraged and just even have your mind renewed. The word of God should renew your mind. You've been thinking about getting out. If you've been thinking about a better situation, I hope you put your heart and eyes and mind back on your situation and how God wants to use you in your situation.
and how you can't really find anything in the word to encourage you to look for a new situation. So look at the one you got and pray about how God wants to use you in the midst of it, that it might glorify him, be a blessing to your spouse. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there, and so he felt compelled to write a direct letter to address the things that were happening among the believers there. The things he wrote about showed that there were problems in the church then, just like there are issues in churches today. Even among believers, there are real sin issues that can derail an entire church if those areas aren't dealt with. Are there areas in your life today that you know need to be addressed? If you need someone to talk to or to pray with, we're here and are ready to answer your call or text. Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We're so glad you tuned in to A Transforming Word. We'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday. And you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. There, you'll also be able to learn more about this ministry and listen to additional teachings from Pastor Bill. Again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Bill continues to teach through 1 Corinthians. We look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.